0: Good morning and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size podcast. Um, I'm FPL Nima and I'm here with my co-host Clayton at AFC on Twitter. We're here to review the 2-2 draw at Anfield. Quite a disappointing result. Um, I think it says a lot that, you know, going to Anfield and drawing feels so deflating and it feels like a bit of a loss. It kind of really shows where we are at the moment as a club and we shouldn't forget that perspective of kind of the good season we've had so far Despite that dampening feeling of yesterday, how how are you, Clayton? Have you um, bounced back from last night's disappointment, or are you still kind of thinking about it? I woke up and it's the first thing I thought about. So like immediately my mind shot to the result. Yeah, it's, in, it's yeah, it's good to go straight
1: into that. To be fair, because on Twitter I feel like the mood was really split. Like you had half of the people kind of saying, "Well, if you take it, if you'd offered us a point at Anfield, I'd have taken it," and it's still in our hands. And then I think you've got people like it sounds like yourself and me who are gutted and like deflated and like, it's, yeah, obviously like in the grand scheme of the game, we were probably lucky to come away with a point because of like Ramsdale's heroics and this penalty like that. Yeah. Obviously you seen like we'll see the stats later as well, but I think for me, it's more what could have been given the the game state at two nil, like we were in bloody cruise control. Like it was, we were so good. And, I thought it was just going to be a walk in the park once we were 2-0 up because I I think it was like 30 minutes in we went 2-0 up right and yeah cruise controls the words that come to mind so that it's because of that I'm really gutted like I get it on the face of like the balance of the whole game and stuff we're lucky to have a point but Mm. I think it's it felt like it was our downfall that kind of cost us two points as opposed to earning a point is the way I'm looking at it. I think it's all perspectives, but that's mine. What about you? Are you similar then?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think both managers gave quite different perspectives. Klopp was kind of like, I don't know how we didn't win situation based on the chances they had at the end. And Arteta was kind of like more on the side of we had the chances to win, but it was probably a fair result because we could have lost that's how he framed it. Like, we had yeah. the chance to win, but we deserved the result because we could have lost. Whereas Klopp's was much more heavy. Like, I don't know how the fuck we didn't beat these guys with the chances we had at the end. Um, and the missed penalty when you think about that too, right? So I think if we go to the stats and start there, and I'm going to do like a bit of a match report of going through the timeline of the day. So maybe the cumulative XG is a good starting point. Yeah, we'll try sure. something new, as you said, this time. And we'll go back to the lineup and the individual performances after if we missed yep. anyone. But in terms of like obviously just the first half, I think that's a good place to start because that's probably where your disappointment is rooted from, especially that first thirty minutes, as you say. Um, this kind of mark our stats on Twitter, the graphic he has here for anyone listening on podcast, it just shows you the XG cumulative for both teams across the whole game, and in the first half, it's very much a picture of kind of Arsenal. So you can see that it takes till about twenty minutes before Liverpool even like really register any XG, and then it's quite. A small amount of XG from them, whereas our two goals and in between there was chances to score another. You know, we could have had three goals just in that first half. I think that's what's frustrating. <laughs> and obviously then you get to just before half time, you got the Saddler goal to get back in, and it becomes a tale of a completely different story in the second half where you can see that I'd say from about fifty-five minutes in, it looks like on this graphic that cumulative XG just just splits. And then we just kind of stay at the same cumulative XG that we roughly had from 30th minute all the way till the 90th minute. Um, Whereas theirs just keeps climbing and climbing. So the actual numbers, the raw numbers for anyone who can't see the graphic on pod, it ended with 4.19 for Liverpool (laughs) versus uh, 1.69. More than they created against Man United in that 7-0. Exactly. Like this is, um, I think it's the highest XG they've registered all season. Uh, That's not good. That's the thing. I think that's where some of the deflation comes from. But also knowing that like, maybe like, you know, we were quite fortunate to get the point as silly as that sounds. Um, No, no, it's not silly. Of course we were. Look at just the stats. Yeah. Like when you think like a missed penalty, like it's not because the keeper saved it. Like this is the second time in a few weeks that Salah just missed the target on a penalty. Yeah. Like, How fortunate were we there? Because that, that would have been it. That would have been game over right there. But, um, I guess let's go right to the beginning then. So we talked about kind of the timeline, but let's talk about how it started and when we were feeling very optimistic and things were looking good. So quite quickly on, um, Gabriel Martinelli. Those are the days. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Who would have thought 90 minutes could do so much? Um, But Yeah, so I think that first goal from Gabriel Martinelli, like I was kind of shocked at his footwork because it it kind of felt like it kind of deflected towards him a bit. I know. And then he kind of kept control still. It was like yeah. it was behind him. I felt like he had to like get the ball from behind him, get it into his feet, and then get past two players, and then he kind of just stabbed it home. Like it wasn't like a shot, it was just like a I gotta yeah, stab yeah, and this it and just get it past it. the yeah. keeper. Yeah. Well, it was such a scrappy goal, weren't it? Like the
1: actual build-up to get to the box was really nice. I think it was either Ben I think Ben White passed it into Saka in that little pocket where he dragged through, and then him and Odegaard had their little distance nailed on like they always do. And like it, yeah. Saka passed it into Odegaard. Odegaard passed it into Van Dyke. Van Dijk passed it to Martinelli. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was really bad defending, weren't it?
0: <laughs> it was that proper pinball moment there, like
1: the bush yeah. bouncing around the bush. But box. then you're right, like the way he took it in his stride really well, and then it was very scrappy, but like. Yeah, the way we arrived there, I thought was really impressive. And yeah, it just, I think what was that like ten minutes in? That got well. I can see on that. Yeah, yeah, just under, just 10 less, minutes. just under ten minutes. And uh, I mean, yeah, minutes, the, yeah, once we got that goal, it was everything I said in the preview, right? If we can get an early goal, that gives us the platform to then play our football, take the sting out. And like their crowd was non-existent. Like it is really like they're so reliant on Anfield um, as their twelfth man because of footballing-wise, like, the standard of where they're at this season. And I don't know about you, I didn't feel intimidated at all until, like, the 41st minute uh, when the goal went in. But, yeah, I thought that first goal was really nice, and then it gave us the platform to go and do our thing, which we did. And then, uh, to be fair, though, in between that, I can't remember if it was in between the first and second goal or after the second, where Robertson had quite a clear chance and my heart was in my mouth where... uh, I think ben white vacated the space on the right robertson got played in by fabinho and then he just put it wide but
0: oh that it... scared the crap out me yeah i saw Robert about to say that. so i think um it was just before our second goal so yeah i imagine it's around here on the graphic where around maybe probably that kind of jump from 20 minutes where it just suddenly goes up that must yeah. have been close to the robertson chance so um yeah like he just kind of ghosted into the box behind ben white right yeah, and I was like, oh my God. But his his shot just went wide. Like, I was scared for my life. But we had a few good moments there as well before our second. So I don't know if you remember um, Zinchenko had that shot that was tipped over yeah. the bar. So, quite a long range effort that was tipped over the bar. And then, um, was it Xhaka or someone? I'm trying to think who it was. Oh no, it was Jesus shot wide. It said, yeah. So Saka gave a deep cross and Jesus shot uh, wide I, as well.
1: I don't know if I'm being harsh.
0: I actually feel like he
1: could have, should have done a bit better there. Like, I am being harsh, but I think it's just because you know how good he is technically. Like, I get it, it was on the half bounce and the angle was a bit off. But I don't know, like, I can't shake this feeling he could have done better there.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. So that's what I said I felt like we could have been free up... um you know going in at halftime so it was quite frustrating that obviously those didn't come into anything um but but after those kind of two chances from us that we didn't get our second goal from and then obviously the Robertson one where he didn't score from then it then did swing back in our favor where Jesus um did what we thought he would do right he rose on Easter Sunday Um, yeah (laughs) it's a shame we didn't get three points out of it but he he rose on Easter Sunday we called it right um but again just there I just want to like praise Martinelli because that delivery from him and the that pace to phenomenal. get down the wing. I felt if we were going to get anything from this game, it was all coming from him. Like yes. every time there was a chance on the break, and I'm sure when we get to the end of the match, we'll talk about the opportunity at the end that was quite frustrating as well, where, you know, it was literally the injury time or maybe that if that one oh, no. pass had gone into the right place, maybe we could have stolen it there and really pissed off Klopp and his boys. But um, yeah, generally it felt like all the good, positive kind of, Momentum was going to come through that flank through Martinelli. Um, he, he just likes playing Liverpool, I think. Golden yeah. assist this time. Quick off the mark last time. He really funny, but, them. Yeah, because I always say there's certain
1: teams that don't suit us more than others. And like the chaos transition type teams, in my opinion, are the ones we still... Like, we're a lot better, but we still are a little bit vulnerable against. But they're the teams that suit Martinelli. Like a glove, like he just thrives in that environment, and I think it's because he—he's quite. When I say erratic, it's not a criticism. It's just like he—he's not the most aesthetically pleasing on the eye with the way he dribbles and right. He is—he is a little bit. I it's don't a know. Lot to of disp- yeah,
0: yeah. We've so, said um, it. Like when he dribbles, it's very direct. Like um, you don't kind of see him doing like any tricks, but he just always gets past his man through sheer power, almost like he just yeah, blows but, past. Yeah, he always
1: rises to the occasion in these games. And yeah, you just felt like every time we were going forward and especially when it was on his side, something was going to happen.
0: um and then, exciting, yeah. Like, yeah. like watching and, him drive forward with the ball, like it just like, I, I just kind of knew something was going to happen. Yeah. And then like, obviously that delivery, yeah. that was ball. You know, like, hey, Zeus, you were the one who was telling me, like when he was injured, I was saying like, we needed like a target man, like a plan B, someone, someone, like Calvert-Loon, you were kind of like, you felt that Jesus has got kind of those headed goals in his locker and maybe we underestimated it when he signed because we thought because of his height, maybe he's yeah. going to compete for those headers, right? But he's there competing for them against like Savan Dyke. So,
1: yeah, that's what I always look at as it, like its movement and intelligence more than just height personally. Like, you yeah, had someone like Peter Crouch, who was one of the worst headers of the ball around and he was one of the tallest. So that's what I, yeah, I don't know. I always think of like people like you remember Javier Hernandez at Man United like he was in my opinion one of the best headers around and he was a midget. Um, yeah, I so, remember yeah, the, him. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah,
0: that's um, true. yeah. But that
1: that second goal was beautiful, wasn't it? I think again it was the way he timed his running behind. Jacker played the ball over the top. He he waited for his moment. Jesus, movement was absolutely brilliant. The way he peeled off into that blind spot and uh, it was a really weird one because as it it felt really I don't know if you felt it it felt really slow as it was going in. I was like. Has he missed? And then I was like, "Oh shit, it's in!"
0: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure it went into the net. Like there was just like a moment where I was almost like just topped in time. It was like slow motion. I was yeah. confused. I think because the delivery came in so well, and then it was just like this really light, nice, accurate head straight into the net. Like it was a great extent, finish. I like the goalkeeper was going to get it. It's that kind of thing. It's like he just got the exact precision on it to like yeah. beat Allison. And we know Allison's been great this season, and. He's actually, I think we were saying in the preview, he's like prevented so many goals for Liverpool this season alone. Yeah,
1: no, he he is a joke, but yeah, once that went in and it's 2 0, it's about 30 minutes on the clock, I was thinking, oh my God. And like the way so good, the, the flow of the game as well. Like we were playing some ridiculous football, like some of the passages of play. Well, like, every passing week, I feel like this team improves and keeps reminding me how good we are. Like I know how good we are, but it's like each week there's an- another percentage on how good we're getting, and that's the kind of feelings I had. I couldn't. It felt like Spurs away again. It felt like Chelsea away. It felt like Brentford. It felt like Fulham. It just felt like another away game,
0: and, and we we've were just able to play in. our own game. Yeah. yeah,
1: and that's why I'm so down about how it ended because well is that is that the next thing i think that's is kind that of yeah because i guess
0: the next thing before just going into half time and um, we, we always felt that yeah i think one thing i do that even though it, we were doing so well and it had like the kind of reminiscence of those other matches away from home i did feel that they were a constant like it always felt like they could be a constant threat on the counter so yeah. like I was, even at 2-0 i always felt a bit nervous so the game then started to kind of descend into a bit of um ferociousness um i think we saw jacker got booked i think ben white got booked so then these bookings started coming out a lot of arguing started yeah. to take place people were feeling worked up all over the pitch and i just felt that first goal we conceded to them before time. it was just not great like the boys kind of like fell so... in the box to sadler and then he just
1: like tucked it home so before we get into that incident you make a good point i forgot about that ben white's booking in my opinion, has gone completely under the radar. But that completely changed a big dynamic for us, in my opinion, because he then, like, his strengths are his, like, front-footed bullishness, aggressive defending. And, like, I know we sometimes, no, we don't criticise holding for the same, but, like, Ben White is very good at it, and he doesn't really judge things wrong. But that completely changed his game, and we didn't have, Mm -hmm. like, a Tomiyasu that we could bring on yesterday, and... I think that's why we started to see we were getting exposed in that channel quite a lot because he was on a booking. He had to be
0: careful, right? But I think it was like the gla- first challenge as well. Like it was just kind of like one of the situations where, like, of course we had to get booked on the first yeah. challenge we
1: make. But like, if you look at that goal, they um they actually broke down that side, and the Robertson chance came from that side mm. after his booking. Like, I feel like those things were playing on my mind quite a lot. But yeah, onto the actual goal. What? So, the elephant in the room what what's your take on the incident, and do you think it was granite jacker
0: uh wakening the crowd like yeah what what's your thoughts on everything that happened? Yes, yeah, so I tried to watch it back the replay a few times. um it doesn't look like there's much in it. I think he's like that in most games, so it's like I think he behaves like that, regardless if he's playing in his like garden with his kids or playing it. At- Anfield like I just think that's how he plays football so I can't really criticize him when so many other times that attitude won us games um I think it's a bit of a lazy narrative to say that Xhaka arguing with Trent led to the crowd making them win like yeah. I think there was a lot of shit we could have done better in the second half and like put it this way right like it was still 2-0 then right was it it was still two, it was before the goal right so I'm thinking like you know if we'd scored one of those other chances and gone to 3-0 that crowd would not have been live, and yeah. up. That would be the end of that. So I think it's their goal that brought them back to life, if I'm perfectly yeah. honest. I don't think That's it's the Xhaka so. argument with Trent, in my opinion. Now, some people say he's hot-headed and shouldn't have done it, but it is what it is, right? Like, we can't undo that. I still think that letting them score in the way they did, that was what brought them back in. Had we gone in at half-time at 2-0, I don't see us losing that game. No, Yeah. going really... into the dressing room at 2-1, That's what made everything change. And then we were on the back foot from there on in, like holding on for dear life. When what served us well this season is not holding on, right? It's going for the kill, getting more. And it just felt in the second half, we were just, and you can see here from the Cumulative XG, we just tried to hold on for an entire half. Like, we did not, and part of that holding on may be some of those bookings, as you say. Like, we couldn't be as front footed with the challenges, win the possession from like White further up the pitch. And then the subs would come to them, but. it's it's just it was painful the way it went but I still think it's that first goal that letting them in with that kind of scrappy goal like that that, I think that's what riled up the crowd and
1: that's exactly where I'm at like yeah I mean even if you like for people that think otherwise I'm not gonna like everyone's entitled to their opinion but my personal one is same as you I just think like so there's a really good clip doing the rounds I don't know if you've seen it where someone has just cut that few minutes incident and Anfield was as silent as it was in the whole first half. Like it didn't roll the crowd
0: up. It was just... nothing happening, yeah.
1: Yeah. It was just, in my opinion, it was just a pure coincidence and really bad defending from us that they went and conceded. And like you just said, it was that goal that got them back in it. It was that goal that gave them belief. It was that goal that like lit a, a rocket in their fan base. It wasn't the incident. Like contrary to like last season... It was that incident. That
0: incident, you could With see and coaches, feel and like hear. You could see the cauldron start. Yeah, like everyone started to get riled up after that little. Yeah, rap. it wasn't
1: that yesterday at all. Like when that, like oh, Yeah, I need to find that clip and like retweet but it. The actual video
0: as well. It's all a bit crazy because like it, it's that like kind of Trent comes and harasses him, and then he obviously gets riled up. But then I rewatch it. and it kind of it's like he. Well, of I don't like think Shaffir got, got riled. Past. But I, don't in, think I think
1: Jaka got riled up. I think he just like I think it was Trent was...
0: who was riled up, and Jacka oh, just sorry. was like, sorry, I mean yeah. like said so Trent was riled up, I think, because when I watched it back, I think Xhaka elbows him, and then he comes to try and have a go at Xhaka, and then Jacka's like, Well, no, I'm not letting you talk to me like that. And then they just like squared up, right? So yeah, it was just a bit of shit through from both of them, I think, to be honest. Um,
1: yeah, that that I'm yeah, that's how I see it. I think like Jacka was in the wrong for how he started it. I think the way it escalated, like, he didn't... Yeah, OK, he, he elbowed him in the back, but then he got shoved. Like, what's he going to do? Of course, Like, he just stood there. He stood his ground. He didn't do anything. He didn't retaliate. If anything, I'm not going to... I think Trent actually pushed his head forward, and I feel like that's been completely overlooked. I actually think on another day, people are looking at that as like, oh, is that a headbutt? Like, yeah, like gen- Trent genuinely. triggered.
0: He did get triggered.
1: But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Zach has been scapegoated so badly on that, in my opinion, and... People are just like looking say,
0: for someone to put under the bus... Um... Yeah, it's it's crazy when you think about like. So I know people are deflated. So am I? But like, we just won seven games, and then a draw feels like a loss at a stadium we've not won at since two thousand and eleven. Like, every time we've gone there since the last win has been a loss. I don't even think there was a draw apart from today. The only draw was a nil nil when we played there in the cup with ten men and stayed like in the game, holding on for dear life last year in the Carabao Cup or whatever it was. Um, it's just. It is what it is. Like, I looked at the other teams who went there City lost, Spurs lost, Newcastle lost, everyone fucking lost. Like, I think Liverpool, um, I'm pretty sure when Martinelli scored, it was the first goal that Liverpool have conceded at Anfield this year. And we're in April. So, from January to April, that was the first goal Liverpool have conceded at home, I think.
1: That's my, wait, what? Really?
0: At There's Anfield. Yeah and, yeah, and this is what I mean. Like, when I read that, some guy was arguing no, they conceded against this team and that team. And someone goes, yeah, bro, that was 2022. They go, sorry, I, I read this year as this season. I'm like, well, get, get in the fucking bin, mate. Um, <laughs> trying to ruin a good obscure stat for the sake of it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's just, it, it is frustrating, right? But like, we've got to remember, I know a lot of the bookies and stuff, there's a bit of a tangent from the match report, but the bookies and stuff, like the favourites have swung back to City now. And like, it's all in their hands, but it's also all in our hands. So really yeah, okay, this happened. But that was maybe our toughest remaining game of the season, I would say. Like, when I look at that Liverpool team at Anfield, almost no one can beat them there, right? And um, when I then look at, say, City, and we played them with six changes against basically, like, their strongest team, I did not feel that they offered the same threat I saw from Liverpool yesterday. Like, this 4.19 XG from Liverpool, like, the way they were trying to get back into this game and arguably could have won it, they attacked us in a way no team this season has, including City, who we've played twice. And in the same way that we said, you know, Liverpool hadn't played us with Zinchenko and stuff and Party, and um, City haven't played us with those players either. We never played yeah. City with Party, So I have more hope going into that game than people say. And I think people are just upset because we're like not clear favourites for the title anymore. But this are yeah. what title race is like. Yeah, Liverpool had deep. to deal with this, right? Like City yeah. picked them by one point, chased them down and took it. Like... If you're going to be competing at the top, you've got to live through this emotional roller coaster. You can't just start putting your players like Xhaka under a bus because of, you know, things not going our way. Like, you yeah. know, if we want to talk about their second goal, why don't we talk about why Zinchenko didn't stop Trent's cross in? Like, yeah, I think you know, even the, the most of the players that... feel guilty about what they did or didn't do in this match. Yeah. It's not just down to one guy squaring up to Trent, which is what the timeline would make you feel. I know.
1: But even before that second goal, I think, yeah, the frustration for me came from, like, It wasn't Jack's fault. It wasn't the crowd getting riled up. It was that goal then turned the game into something where they had so much more opportunities than they should have, given how controlled it was for us. And that second half was just relentless. Like we just, yeah, you see the swing and the stats in the second half, right? Like it was just, it was crazy. And like, it just felt like an overwhelming, like load of attack after attack after attack. And it felt like we were dropping so deep so early. And this is where, so do you remember why, Reason I was annoyed about the Jorginho signing, it wasn't against him, it was just more. I feel like we needed more as a group in the summer from that midfield group. I felt like we needed different styles to tackle different game states. And this for me was a game where uh, I don't think Xhaka was playing badly, but we needed something different to him. We needed another controller in that middle of the park Mm -hmm. because. It was turning into the basketball match that I always talk about we struggle against. It was far too transitional. And when they brought on Tiago, all I could think of was, we could do with a Tiago right now. And uh, yeah, it's a it's shame we're not in a
0: position...
1: Yeah, and it's a shame we're in a position where we can't really trust... Well, Arteta doesn't trust Vieira in that situation. But that's, for me, where like the signing of Jorginho has its limitations. Because we needed to change something in midfield in that game, and we couldn't. And... It just got so overwhelming. I think that fed into like, yeah. I think psychologically you drop deep. We just stopped playing our game, and I was at at the pub with my friend, and I was just like, I don't even know how you change this. It's just like you know when momentum's just swinging. It's like the only way that changes is if you get a lucky break or there's a big injury. And I think Gabriel was quite clever. He went down and like pretended to be concussed at one point, and that we tried that. But then we made the mistake of not trying to like string the passes together we were still trying to play too aggressive like vertically and stuff and it just I don't know I felt like we kind of lost ourselves a
0: little bit Um, I think when the half started like we did get a few chances so like the the pace obviously just it was electric throughout that half from both teams but Zinchenko had his shock blocked if you remember that right at the beginning of the half so he had another one I can't actually remember was the one that was tipped over the bar in the first half but in the second half just as it started Zinchenko had a shot blocked uh Xhaka was a bit late with a cross to Jesus so i think it went too long or he missed him liverpool were piling in and obviously i think we've got to talk about the penalty when rob holding is kind of brought down jota they say i thought that was soft at best uh anyway so maybe so i think jota. i think
1: it's a i think it's a pen i've gone yeah it's a pen. pen i
0: just i just think it's soft but either way thank god Salah missed that i don't know how he missed that but he did um so that that was wild and then just a few moments after that um that's when kind of Ramsdale had that excellent save from the Salah curler going into the top corner of the box. I just saw the ball crazy. curling into the top corner, and I was like, "Oh, Salah scored here!" And then like Ramsdale just somehow gets it from top bins and saves it. So I that was
1: that. It was that a lot later on.
0: No, no. So was that it was, that... That, was, that was that was like straight after the penalty. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was like pretty much. I, I imagine what's happened here is you see in the blue line there's um just before sixty minutes there's like one huge jump that's the penalty. Yeah. So that's the huge jump. That's from when yeah. they were below us <laughs> all the way up. And then I think the next kind of blip, that's the curling shot, XG. All right. And then it's a bit stagnant for a while again before they start piling in more. But that cold shot that Ramsall saved right there, again, that was still at 2-1, right? And that was pivotal, I thought, to keep us into it. But we just kept coming into more pressure, and as you say, retreating more and more into our side. I think that's yeah. where the subs then come into the question. So obviously the subs come on, like Tierney comes on maybe a bit late. If we're trying to protect the lead, you could say maybe he could have come on at 80 or earlier. And um, we obviously brought on a defender, Kivio, for um, Odegaard. I don't know if he had. A I did thing. not
1: like that move. That's what at I was going to ask. That's I'm... where
0: I feel like no. we then just kind of retreated fully into our shell. Like it
1: felt way, way too early. Off. Like yeah, to do that at 80 minutes when we're already like. So the way I interpreted that was, we were already entirely under pressure. And that, for me, once we made that... So, you know, last season, when we went five at the back, it was just like, yeah, we're not conceding. That, to me, yesterday screamed, we're about to concede now. Like, I just felt like we we were already far too under pressure. We were already five yards too deep. That was just like, okay, game over. Like, that's how I, in. I read into it. I do it. And feel then we it, got His first wrong. bloody contribution, was he... Completely mistimed the tackle, took someone out, and then Darwin's one on one on Ramsel made a great save, and I was like, "What the fuck?" No, it's like, what, what has
0: it. happened here? Yeah, yeah. This is the, the other first one game where we're getting um, if you look at just the other stats quickly before you say, because we've not really said them for the podcast, it's the only game where like the opponent this season has like outplayed us overall in the full ninety minutes. I don't know if the first forty minutes were fantastic, but like their expected yeah. threat was two point four five to one point two two. Possession, 59% to 40%. Field tilt, 63% to them. I don't think we've even seen a field tilt in an opponent's favour yet this season till this game. No, nah, I don't think we have, actually. percent <laughs> Even the defensive action height from them is 435 half to our 41 So, this truly was a Taylor two halves. But overall, no one we faced this season has put up these kind of underlying numbers against us. Nah. And that's why I'm, like, saying that in some ways, although we could have won the game and it's frustrating... We did kind of get away with one here.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no,
0: we absolutely (laughs) did. I think, yeah, like I, the thing
1: I'll just keep saying is it was our own fault. I don't Mm. think, yeah, I think it was that goal, that first goal they scored. If you rewatch it, organisationally, we were bad, like really, really bad. And yeah, I think it came from the right. And then Zinchenko and Gabriel actually got, switched up in positions in the box and then it kind of ricocheted off Salah but I think that the way they got to our box and the positions that people took up was bad and that then <laughs> dictated the rest of the game in my opinion but even like you not know, on the subs like I get it Jesus was probably like knackered and stuff but <sighs> he was still doing so much so even if he was knackered I still feel like he was at outlet he was holding up the ball he was linking play he was like and I <sighs> I don't know that for me, For if anything, I thought Saka was the one out of the front three that should have gone off. I didn't think he particularly had the, I don't, I don't think he was much very influential in the second half. I didn't think mm. we would have missed him if we took him off personally. Um, but I get it from like a sports science perspective, if Jesus was flagging, but on the eye, I, I didn't think he was, if I'm being completely honest.
0: So I do think we got the subs wrong this game. Um, it me it too, is yeah. very frustrating. Um, and, and it happens, right? Like, it, it just kind of a few things started to go wrong for us now. Just before we go to there, kind of even before I think there was a chance for us to get the third goal well before um injury time. So, do you remember wow, there there was was that period? Header, where, right? Yeah, so well, there's two of them. So, there's the first one for me was did you see the one where there was a break and Martinelli's cross was cut out just before Saka? And this is not the one in the end. This is like well... I think Robertson was like sliding back or something. And he just got in before Saka received that ball. So there was a chance there where we could have broken under Saka... Um, and then when we get into the last 10 minutes where the subs happen, ah, and say, then
1: Saka did another one, didn't he? Where he was like in between two defenders and he just turned and then he tried to cut it back, but like it was just Trossard there, no one else.
0: But yeah, yeah, I saw that where he like I, I thought he was trying to leave that the box, skill the was the unreal, and then he cut back and went into the box. <laughs> that was nice. Um, but then as you say, so I think the, the last 10 minutes, there was a the huge set of, uh, save from Ramsdale Nunes, as you said, but. I think we've got to talk about their goal now, even though I've tried to avoid it for as long as I could. Um, yeah. So obviously, like, there was a big cross from Trent to Firmino who gets in at the post. So Firmino loves scoring against us. I think before that goal, he had 10 goals against Arsenal. He um, was a 10. Wow. And I think there was only one other Liverpool player who's ever scored more than him, and it was 12. So now he's on 11. Um, it's like when he subbed on and I saw them put up on the screen, like, Roberto Firmino, 10 goals against Arsenal, second most from any Liverpool player in their history. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. (laughs) I was like, well, this is not what I want to see. Um, Pain, pain, pain. But yeah, on that one, I did think, this is just before Zinchenko was subbed as well, I did think, obviously, he was with Trent and he didn't quite manage to block him, which is a bit frustrating and you can tell from Zinchenko's own reactions when he was on the bench after that, like, he almost felt at blame for it but yeah know, the, the team are in it together right <clears throat> win or lose we're together but i think he looked deflated because for him he probably like is quite what's the word critical of himself and yeah. i reckon he's someone who like will look at small things like that and it will eat him up inside for a few days so hopefully he also mentally recovers from that and they will just kind of rise each other back up um and then yeah it just it just felt like a hammer blow right it was like 85th 86th minute right at the end we thought we might just get away with it we hold on for dear life and to be honest it could have been much worse if it wasn't for those additional two injury time uh, saves from Ramsdale incredible saves from Ramsdale if I'm honest I do think on their second goal
1: like I'm not critical of Zinchenko I think it's quite mm. unlucky to get nutmegged like because he actually yeah he, he stood him up and like as, as a defender that's all you do like he didn't twist and turn him like he it was a nutmeg, and I, I, I do think it's that's just unfortunate, nu- isn't it? Yeah, like, and I, yeah, but I can see it would a...
0: eat you up inside, right? If oh, like, of course. That like, yeah. one time you get nutmegged, it leads to the assist. Like, I it's guess just what I'm thing. trying
1: to say is, I'm not convinced Tierney being on the pitch stops that because okay. it's not, in my opinion, just one v one defending. Like, I know that sounds so stupid because they're one v one and he nutmegged him, but and nutmeg, in my opinion, is sometimes a fluke, like. Whereas I'd understand if he was twisting and turning and Zinchenko got dragged out of position, but he wasn't. He was in the right place. He was stood up and he got meg. So I, I I think it was personally really unfortunate. Um and yeah, so the subs for me, it was I personally didn't think we were screaming or needing Tierney, personally. It was because I thought we needed Zinchenko in there for that control that we were lacking. Mine was the Jesus thing I struggled with. I didn't think Saka was influential, but it was just the back five. I think taking off, like once you're taking off an Odegaard who, again, he wasn't really at it, but I just think that's so negative too early. I think you have to be bringing, bringing on another controller in that pitch. And I think this is where I still think like the midfield signing was a big, big mistake from us. Like, I think you're seeing it in certain game states and, yeah, that's why I felt we really felt that yesterday. And yeah, I thought it was a mistake going five at the back in the 80th minute. I just thought as soon as that happened, I, I was pretty convinced we would concede just because I felt like we were on the verge of it anyway.
0: Yeah, so I think we've done a good job like going through the key events of the match. Uh, the one that you did bring up and, and I just kind of glossed over as well as again, there There seemed to be that moment where Gabriel had his header from the set piece. And I was like, oh, no, like, he, you could see that hurt him too because he yeah. probably knew that could have been the winner right there um so that's another one of those opportunities we had where I think it's fair what Arteta says which is kind of like we could have won the game but it's a fair result because we probably would have lost really so it's like it, it hurts more and I think just a quick shout out as well to um Christopher who's tuned in live after a while and nice it too, isn't it? kind of relates to what he's saying right I think the pain is because of just, like, going 2-0 up and looking the better team in those first 30 minutes, and then it kind of ending with a onslaught from them for the whole second half. Um, it just feels a bit frustrating. Um, and a quick shout-out as well to Pontus for tuning in. Good to see you, mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, Mike helping as well. Thank you for tuning in, buddy. Nice and Fella, good to see you as well. <laughs> oh Oh, yeah, we play. He says there will be a huge reaction for your next game, which is, oh, Chip. Yep. It's the Hammers. Uh, <laughs> cool so i think we've gone to the lineup screen um holding started as before ahead of um, do he, how do
1: you but... think he did then apart from the penalty
0: yeah I've, i think he did alright like i thought he was good that's what i mean like, it, it was clear that like whatever happened at spurs <laughs> last year was what you said which is it wasn't just down to him it was down to having like el neni uh, cedric like Tavares having like a whole makeshift back line and CDM around him being around the rest of the core 11. I think he looks a lot more assured uh, than when he had to come in against Spurs last year. It, it's frustrating, obviously the penalty, but it got missed anyway. So I reckon yeah. had we, you know, conceded that penalty goal, I imagine you'd be seeing a lot of Rob holding him on the timeline. So yeah. I think he almost like, he's quite fortunate in that sense that like the more lazy, casual fans on the sideline <laughs> would be slewing him right now. Um, yeah. if it had gone in but yeah, no, it's think... never good when you give away a penalty but the rest of his game I think was was what yeah he's not our first choice centre-back right like it's all you can ask for from your speaking back speaking of
1: though like as like, I, I think he did well but bloody hell I thought we missed Saliba in a game like that like his calmness and his kind of arrogance in a weird way I think you know when I talk about like we lost an element of control in the middle it doesn't have to always be from midfield. I think you can sometimes get that from the first line in defense and I think if we had Saliba yesterday I think that would have given us an extra dimension of control that we were lacking when it just felt like a tsunami. Um and uh, nothing against holding it's just different players and yeah, it's just different players but I think if we had Saliba I think we would have weathered that storm pretty comfortably to be honest. So yeah. That was no, quite disappointing. It's,
0: it's I, I'd like to, obviously they're sending they're taking it day by day with him. So I'm keen to understand, like, are we going to see him again, and when we might see him? Um, I'd really like to see him away at Had and uh, Saint James's Park. So yeah, um, if if he only plays two more games this season, I fucking it has to be Chelsea. them two. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you need it to be, man. Like even Chelsea at home, like I'd like him there, but at least it's at the Emirates. Um, so you know, if he just wants to miss that one and play the other two away games. Please do. Thank you very much. The
1: one thing, sorry, I know we're on the individual performances, but just because I've seen him flat, obviously Martinelli was unreal yesterday. We did actually talk about that final thing, did we? Like the oh shit, yeah, pass- I,
0: I tried to get it out because <laughs> we talked about the Gabriel mis tether, but that final injury time, night, like, I think I've got, I've got a screenshot of it. Because I was like, Ooh. I need to save this photo because I was just gutted. Because it, like...
1: it came after we were really under the cosh. It came from like the Rams, they'll save from Canati, I think it was. And then like Salah was up against Gabriel and it was just, it was really nervy and then got the ball out and it went into Trossard. He laid it off to Martinelli and I li- so I was in the pub. I jumped out of my seat. I was like, here we fucking go. This is going to be it. And then I was like, uh, and, and I get it, like, I think armchair fans like me, like, yeah, it looks like an easy pass. It's not. But for a pro, I think you've got to be doing better. And like, I'm not having the fatigue thing personally. I think, like,
0: yeah, I don't know. In that, that was moment. Because I think I've, I have just looked at the timestamp. I think it was like. What was it? It's like the last kick of the game almost. It was like 95th <laughs> yeah. minute or 94 and a half minutes with six minutes injury time. And I actually
1: thought he passed it too early as well. Like, I, in my opinion, like
0: because of the way it was,
1: I can't remember who was against Trossard, but I thought he could have ran a bit more set because Saka was open. Like there was, I think, Trent four or five yards behind him. I thought if he could, uh, this is so easy to say in hindsight and without the emotion, but in the moment, I did think like run centrally, commit the other guy. And then you've got like two options either side. I feel like going for that pass Yeah, because you had Trossard
0: like running up and pulling someone away from Martinelli. And then yeah. Martin he kind of like shifted to the right look because he was on the wing, on the left wing. And he looked up to see Saka. And obviously, I think he just released early because in that moment, Saka looks so free, as you say. Yeah, Like Trent was so far behind. And then it's kind of like, oh shit, he's released it, but he's released it a bit too far ahead of Saka. He's not going to get to the ball in yeah. time. And then he has to come flying out. like By releasing it that <laughs> early, you have to get it
1: like so spot on that you've got a one percent margin for error but i just felt like if you ran a bit more with it into the central area Trossard's left saka's right then you're like and it goes from one option options, to, yeah because yeah. i think so it, but the option say, looks yeah. so
0: good so i think that's why he went for it because like for, like obviously we had the bird's eye angle i know he wasn't looking at it that way but from <laughs> the bird's eye angle i was just like oh my god if this ball arrives at saka's feet if this is the perfect pass saka can run the rest of the He's way in... into the box directly one-on-one with the keeper Man, i saw the trophy in my eyes in <laughs> oh, that moment i was like <laughs> and, and as you say <laughs> after we'd been coming under the quash if we'd managed to nick it there and then that would have been shit house. that would have been a very shit house win right there for sure um i thought yeah, like, um thomas pa- like, back to the individual performance yeah, I thought we thomas, Party, about
1: thomas. yeah he was an absolute joke yesterday I thought like you know how I say the team keeps surprising me how good they are like he keeps like I don't think there's anyone better at him in his role I I really don't I think what he does is absolutely bonkers like you just never feel like he's going to lose the ball and even like I was saying to my mate yesterday you know those situations where the ball's like trickling along for someone to go get and you see two free opposition players going and you see him You just know he's going to, like, Cruyff turn his way out of it or something. He shows up and it doesn't matter. He's got this weird weird ability where he, like, he can just drop a shoulder and the whole face and angles is just different. It's just like he's just painted a whole new picture. He blows my mind. I thought he was an absolute joke yesterday. And the the ratings thing, like, it's helpful
0: for us to visualise the team, but I find them so weird. Like, how was Rams, though, was (laughs) 7.1? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like there's, like, maybe some... (laughs) arbitrary rule where you lose like half a point for every yellow card because if you look at all the guys on yellow Uh, drop points and then maybe holdings lost his points for the penalty it it will be some mathematical number rather than like how they actually really play yeah we've seen them give like zinchenko not in this game but in other games where he's like dominated the like right attacking mid and created all the goals in like a four nil and they'll give him like a 6.5 because like they're basing it on left-back stats, for example. <laughs> yeah. But Ramsdale, he's been like,
1: yeah, every game just making big saves. And I think that's what I've been saying. It's it's great for him, but it's quite concerning as a team that we're having to rely on our keepers so much, mm. uh, in my opinion. But bloody hell, man, yesterday. Like, yeah, it, if we happen to win the title by a point all i'll be thinking about is that game because they they were ridiculous and in such a high pressure environment as well because he said he's had moments where he's made blunders but he's so young and he just he, all the evidence is showing is that he's learning from it improving learning improving and he's demonstrating that consistency in that now but yeah he was absolutely world class yesterday to be honest
0: i thought so and then i guess the only other player is gabriel like we're not really talking uh, about him but, you know, it, it could have been much worse. He could have nicked the winner as well. So I think without him, we'd have been in trouble. But it, it does really show that that relationship and chemistry that him and Saliba have managed to build up over such a small time in this season. I honestly think, like, as a centre-back pairing, we're so privileged to have two guys who are not even close to hitting their prime age yet for a centre-back. And
1: Gabriel's been the best centre-back in the league uh, this season, in my opinion. And like he had the, the two-three-match spell where... Made a few individual mistakes, and I, I like called them out because I, I think you're allowed to criticise a player when they make a mistake without you thinking they're a bad player, if that makes sense. But he's just being a joke. Like he's what he does. He essentially, like we've said this all the time. He essentially covers the whole of the left hand side on his own. Yeah. And yesterday he was doing that. It was his passing on the ball, his proactiveness to pocket. Like he, he did pocket Salah really. Like. And he's just, he's ridiculous. Like, he's another one. He's going up levels and levels and levels. And I can't imagine a team without him now. He's hes yeah, that go- important. Like,
0: just if you go back to, like, say, September, October, like, the mistakes where, like, he diddly daddlyed on the ball and Mitrovic just took it from him and scored, for example. Like, you compare to, like, how we felt back then about, like, you know, here's some constructive stuff that we hope he, like, removes from his game. You come fast forward to now and just the amount he's learned. Like, in that space of time, I just feel like he's not making those mistakes he was earlier this season, like, at all. Yeah. Like, he just seems so much more focused. And if this is just in, like, six months, he can do this. I'd love to see what else he can do. Part of it for me, I think, is a psychological thing where I think when he didn't get into the Brazil squad for the uh, World Cup, I think he just kind of, like, stayed Went back in Super the saying there. <laughs> yeah, like, he was just like, fuck this, I'm training, I'm not missing the next World Cup. You know, by then I'll be in my prime. And I think he just, like, thought, fuck this, I've got to go for it. And I just think he's had his head down. He's been working hard. And it shows. Honestly, it shows. Because since the restart, he has been phenomenal. And um, he, he's definitely up there for, like, best centre-back of the season debates, I think, yeah. for sure. Is there anyone else? Um, We did say, obviously, it wasn't particularly, I don't think, Odegaard and Zinchenko's day and like, their best days in the office. But um... So, I thought Zinchenko was good to be honest I thought yeah he, I thought, he was I just think that obviously he had that like the shot I guess he had the shot that got saved tipped over the ball he had the shot that was um
1: I just mean in blocked. those
0: periods where we were completely dominating
1: like his link up with uh Xhaka party I, I thought he was really good I think to be honest it's a bit I feel like he could have got on the ball more to try and take the sting out of it in the second half but uh, I, I thought he was fine. I was just disappointed in Odegaard, to be honest. I thought he did, didn't really affect the game
0: at all, apart from getting a pre assist from Van Dyke. But yeah, yeah, I think that's that it, it is a bit disappointing. It wasn't his best day in the office, but um, again, like maybe you wanted to see a more attacking change, maybe Vieira coming on for him rather than
1: well, that's uh, it's Kivio. quite telling, right? Like Arteta bigs up Vieira a lot in the press, but when it comes to it, does he really trust him? Like, I don't know, he played him, when did he start him? Was it the Bournemouth game? And that didn't quite go to plan from a starting Mm. perspective. Like, in a game like this where we needed more control in midfield, he didn't feel like he could trust him there. Um, Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, Uh, just a quick shout out as well to Ray Anderson, first time tuning in live. Good to see you, buddy. Morning. Nice one, thanks. Yeah, I've seen him commenting before, so yeah, nice to see you live. Yeah, it's good to see you, um, to, I see that you thought Zinchenko played good, yeah. So I guess I, I see what you're saying, Clayton, in that that dominance that we're so happy about in the first half, that kind of first 30-40 minutes, it would not have been possible without Zinchenko and the team yeah. giving. Up I just thought some some of the but periods. But second we... half, that's the thing. I felt like maybe the reason I felt disappointed was because in the second half he wasn't on the ball as much, so then like it was limited his chance to really do anything for us because he wasn't doing much on the ball in the second half, but. And at that point, that's where I'm kind of thinking if we're hanging on for our life anyway, would it not have been better to just bring on Tierney a bit earlier? Because again, yeah, that's a see. bit like like obviously in the first half, like Tierney would not have done what Zinchenko did to help us dominate like that and get those two goals. But afterwards, when we're like hanging on for literal dear life, I just think like could could he have even left. Zinchenko on and just you know done and Tieny put Tierney as well. Yeah, yeah could he just done Tierney for Odegaard and not brought on or at all? Like I would, I wouldn't have minded that. Yeah, see, that might have been better because then you have got Tierney there as an extra defender to help, but you're not just kind of like losing that option of having Zinchenko control the midfield, which I don't think he really had much opportunity to do on the ball, as you say in the second half. But um, you know, it's good to see you, Ray. Um, we, we did talk a lot about um the stats so we've already kind of done this section of the show we're, we're really just kind of getting to the Q&A now so if anyone's got any questions do let us know and we'll kind of chat a bit more about the game now for the next few minutes but hopefully if you've got any questions to get in we'd love to answer them before we go but yeah Ray oh, definitely yeah. do check out the start of the show as well because we, we spent quite a lot of time doing like a the beginning we looked at the actual match report and we looked at like the cumulative xg that Liverpool kind of as we see here just after half time kind of fully flipped in their favor and there was a lot of chat about different players. And I think there were some big positives, especially from the front line. But I think you just joined in at a time when we're like at our most depressed. um, We're (laughs) We're not usually this down. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like this is just like the one part of the episode where we're down. There was definitely some positives to take from yesterday. Um, I think we're still a bit deflated by the nature of going two nil up and kind of doing so well for the first 30, 40 minutes and then just seeing it get undone. it, It really does hurt. But Please do let us know if you guys have any questions. In the meantime, is there any um, other things you want to say about the team, the players, anyone from the lineup that we've not discussed, or subs? I guess we've even discussed the subs, right? No, I think we covered it. Well, I guess just one more question
1: from me is: Yeah, how are you feeling in the context of the title race after it? I've seen a lot of people say mm-hmm. like, "Oh, they think it's probably the end of it now," and like, yeah, I don't know. Some people have said. Yeah, they think we fucked it and stuff. But what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I'm. I do think like it's, it's crazy that the bookies' odds have swung so quickly into City's favour. But I think partly is because they have better odds at home against us in that match, and that one match alone is what swung it in their favour. Because before, if they'd won all their games, including against us, and then we'd won all our games, they still wouldn't win the title. Now, if they win all their games they would win the title because our buffer's gone. So I see it as we had a buffer, right? And we knew we'd probably need this buffer. We, we've lost that buffer now. and yeah. that. So I think up until, like, until we face them, we have two games. Two very important games. West Ham and Southampton. That's all I'm thinking about. We, ha- like, there is no point even talking about the title if we don't win those two games. So we have to win those two games. We've got to expect the City will not drop any points. If they do, that's a blessing, but just expect they don't. And once those two games are done, because we're going to play two games before we face City and they're only playing one, right? They just make oh. Leicester and then it's the semi final. So they've got one game, we've got two. Play the two games, get the points on the board, go to the Etihad and don't lose. That's the way I yeah. see it. It's yeah, not yeah. about even winning there anymore. It's, you don't lose at the Etihad and then we can win the title. Yeah. That's how I see it. So I should focus on these two games that we have, forget City and just get into that game in the right place the right time the right point's tally because i think that's a so really good. really good i think that's a brilliant
1: way of looking at it and yeah that's kind of where i'm at as well to be honest and i still like i said before this month started like when people talked about liverpool newcastle and city away city away for me tactically is the game that suits us the most it sounds bonkers because they're the best team out of the three but when you're looking at like it's not just about who's the best team it's about tactically which games and styles suit and hurt you more and we're susceptible and vulnerable to transitional chaotic teams like when there's control in a game that's where we thrive um, and I do think like, against City like you said earlier in the Cup like, I know they were in a different phase back then but in the Cup they rotated 5-6 players and we more than held uh, sorry we rotated 5-6 players and they only changed 2 and we more than held our own and even in the home game we were without party. We were fine. It was an individual mistake that gifted them the goal and the first goal set the tone. Like it,
0: Yeah. I, like, yeah. it's what I was saying too. I feel we've played our hardest remaining game of the season because I felt that, like, what Liverpool did when we looked at those stats, they're the only team this season in the league where, like, they've had better field tilt, better possession, better defensive line height, more expected threat, more cumulative XG. Like, there hasn't been a game that looked like that on paper statistically once this season. And I still have a lot of confidence from the last two times we faced City. They've yet to face us with uh, Party, and they're yet to face us with Jesus. They have not played an Arsenal that has Jesus and Party in it. And uh, Um, so, like that's huge for me. That's huge for me.
1: You might be able to help on this. So, I generally have a rule in football life. I never watch Tottenham um and my new rule in this running is i'm not watching city because i don't like what it does to me but <laughs> my friends that have been watching them have said they've not actually been playing that well but they've just been clinical in key moments is that fair from what you've been seeing or
0: i'd say or that, that they, the maybe point? they're talking about their defense more they do right. concede one big chance a game the one game I, so I saw was the liverpool one but i've not seen the other games yeah so I, I would say like i think they're just lying to themselves i would say that <laughs> what we did for the 40 minutes there as a title winning squad, you'd want to be able to do that like for 80, 90 minutes against the big teams the whole season through. And I feel City have it in them to do that for 80 minutes. We did it for right. 40 against Liverpool Anfield. City can sure. do it for 90, I think. Now, obviously, maybe it's because they've just seemed to have come. Like, But I felt that when they played against Liverpool, that was the best performance I'd seen from City this season. So I almost feel like they've come into top gear at the bad time for us. But they're about to enter some cup semifinals. I pray they knock out Bayern and go all the way and have to do, like, UCL semis, you know, before the end of the season. We really need them to go through. That's the way I'm looking at it. So, like, I think I always expected them to do well now while there isn't the congestion. But the congestion is coming. It is coming. And when it comes, that's when we need to take advantage of this one game a week that we're talking about. Um, Which is not really because, actually, we have three games in a week like a week from now we have like a saturday wednesday saturday kind of schedule coming up soon so there is like game week i think 32 to 34 there's like three match days in a week but um at the same time though i I have a lot of faith in our boys um i think one thing that i would say is um and raise right here that people are talking about like city as if they've they've already won that game in hand who is their game in hand against You could argue it's anyone. You could say it's against us, if you like. Um... (laughs) (laughs) No, someone said it's Leicester. Someone said it's... um... So someone said it's Leicester. Someone said it's... Let's have a quick look. So I don't think it's Leicester. It's Brighton, you could say. Brighton's the un... Yet to schedule one. That's a tough game. There's going to be two more games in hand, I think. Because obviously they're not going to play in 32 when we play. So then you could say the other one is either Fulham away or West Ham home. So, they have one game in hand of Brighton away and then another game in hand of West Ham home, I think. So, they have two, two games they're going to, by the time we get to the match we play them, we'll have played two more games than them. Yeah. And those are the two yeah. games I think. Like, I, I just, I really liked the way you summed it up. Just,
1: we've got two games to their one, West Ham and Southampton. Just get six points on the board, go to City, don't lose. And I feel quietly confident about going to their place anyway to be honest but i just i like the way you framed it i think that's the best way to just think about it just take it a, in a little chunk
0: yeah no no i think so and then just to just see a few more comments in the chat before we go so we'll just reply to some of you guys so i think the main things we were saying ray is that when you watch it back obviously it's a bit early in the morning i appreciate it's four, 4 nearly 5 a.m in jamaica but um oh damn yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, thank just, you for tuning yeah, thank you for tuning in buddy um but yeah i think um When you do watch back, you'll see that what Clayton talks about is that obviously, like if Zinchenko was in the wrong place or he'd been dragged five yards in the wrong direction, like that's all one thing. But when he was with Trent, he was in the right place. He stood him up, he kind of ran him down the line, and he got nutmegged, right, for the delivery in that got the assist for Firmino. And just just, sometimes you can't do anything about that. Like it's just like it's a very unfortunate moment. It will be eating Zinchenko up inside, but it's not like a huge mistake, like he was in the wrong place or did a dirty challenge and like cost a penalty or like, it's it, it just unfortunate. He got nutmegged. So I think a lot of people in the timeline, they're just very easily finding a scapegoat, whether it's Jacker for riling up the, uh, you know, the fans they're saying, or Zinchenko for getting nutmegged. We just won seven games in a row and a draw felt like a defeat. And I think people are just looking for scapegoats. And we're at the very beginning of this journey and this trajectory in this squad for the years to come. And, The first immediate hurdle we have in like eight fixtures, people are already willing to put our players under the bus that got us here. So I'm not down to insult our players, um, even if they did absolutely shite. Like I would not be sitting here insulting the players that got us here and gave us all these memories on the way and have us believing and dreaming that a title is possible after all these decades. Um, And then just Pontus said as well, so it's far from over, even if we lose to City. City still need to win their game in hand and they have a tight schedule. They can't afford to slip up. So I think that there will be hopefully another game or two that one of the teams will do us a favour and take some points from them. I the still post.
1: think they'll drop points unexpectedly. You remember, like, I know they're in a better rhythm now, but you remember against like Everton, Brentford, like they've got that in them, in my opinion. Um, and like, you shouldn't, I think just don't waste your headspace on them, just focus on us. But yeah, I, st- I still think there's something there there's a there's another couple of twists and turns to come there's gonna feel- be a lot like i know on paper it's only eight games but it's it's gonna be like a, a lifetime
0: <laughs> it's gonna feel like i'm gonna lose like another two years of my life expectancy from the stress and anxiety um so i think ray probably agrees with us that if we don't lose at city then we, we will probably win the league i think that that's the way i'm looking at it is don't lose that game just make sure whatever happens we don't lose it and I don't think they'll have enough to catch us um, with. The, assuming they go through to the semi-finals of the UCL, that is. If they get knocked out by Bayern, I'm going to be pretty fucking worried. Yeah, Suddenly, so... all their focus will shift. Um, and then wasn't the Firmino goal practically the same as Jesus? Yes, yeah, so I think Martinelli obviously whipped in this great ball for Jesus' header. But with Firmino, I think the thing is that like, Zinchenko got nutmegged, right? So it's, it just makes it look worse. Yeah, and I I, I have no qualms about the second goal they scored. Um, They were coming. They were relentless. They were hammering that door down for so long, and it would have been worse without Ramsdale. It's the first goal I think we're frustrated by, because that's what turned the tide, we felt, uh, Ray. Like, the crowd was kind of dead before that, and then we just kind of let them score this scrappy goal where the ball fell to Salah, and he just tucked it in, and it was just poor organisation, I think, right, we said from our side. Um, So I'm more annoyed about the first goal than, like, Firmino's goal, like, it's what he does he scores against arsenal it was his 11th goal against arsenal like and if you look like we were so
1: pinned back like we were so deep it's yeah it felt there wasn't an, inevit- uh, was
0: an inevitability about them getting a second to be honest and it's just frustrating because you know we don't let that scrappy goal in, in the first 30 40 minutes whatever it was like i think i said it 2-2 at half time i don't think we on to you know drop points in that game there was opportunities to score a third uh, either side of half time there was you know, multiple opportunities right at the end to somehow go against the run of play and either get the Gabriel header or get that release from Martin to Saka a bit more precise. Um, it's just, we probably in the grand scheme of things only deserved the point. Like we could have easily lost that game, but seeing how well we did away at Anfield, that's what makes it hurt. Because after 30, 40 minutes, it felt like they had no way back into the game. So it's what you said. It almost feels like, it's self-inflicted harm there. Like we, we brought that onto ourselves. Yeah. But yeah, so I think it's as good a review as we're going to get. I think we've managed to go from like the doom and gloom at the start of the episode to, we seem a bit more pumped up and excited. And I think it's thanks to some of the, you know, the guys in the chat as well. Like I think we all are putting that disappointment behind and just focus on the games ahead. Um, It's not over yet. Like there's going to be more twists and turns, as Clayton said, Think for now, that's kind of a good enough uh, review. We will come back for a preview of the next game. It's going to be a huge game, obviously, now. Is it West Ham away? West Ham away next Sunday, yeah. yep. So that's going to be huge. Um, I'm going to see if I can get to that game, but we'll t- we'll see. I'm yeah? a- I might have to go to the home end and not oh, wear a jersey, but that. let's see. I don't <laughs> know. if I, like I've been told that I'm only allowed if I can control myself. So <laughs> I think I'll get beaten up by all the West Ham fans if I accidentally celebrate an Arsenal goal. So... Let's see if I value my life more than uh, being at the stadium to see it live. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, lovely to see you all in the chat. Uh, I hope you have a lovely rest of your Easter Monday. Um, If you're celebrating as well, have a blessed Easter. We will be back. If you enjoyed the episode, if you found it entertaining, if we made you laugh, please hit that like button. I think it's the first and only time I've plugged it right at the end. So if you've been here throughout the show, we appreciate the support, but Otherwise, up the Arsenal. Let's bounce back from this and let's go again against West Ham. And we'll tweet out the timing for the preview show. Nice one. Onwards and upwards. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Come on, guys. We're still in this.